Hi, I'm your host, Tina Clark, and welcome to My Weirdest Experience Podcast. This is the podcast of the weirdest experience that has ever happened to you and gives you a venue to fully express yourself and share your weirdest story with the world. This is the No Judgment Zone, a safe place to share your experience. It's also a place where we discuss what happened to you and share some possible theories on what and why this happened. If you would like to be on the show, email me at contactstargazingangel at gmail.com. Hey listeners, I just wanted to let you know that this particular episode, um, I was having Wi-Fi issues. So it sounds a little garbled at times, but I feel like you can hear the guest pretty clearly most of the time and thankfully by the end it clears up so I request your patience in listening to this particular episode but Mike has shared some great stories and it's worth listening to hey welcome to the show I have Mike Bodwitz here today He's a messenger for Sasquatch and higher dimensional beings, and I've been following Mike for a while on Facebook, and he has some incredible channelings from different beings, including Sasquatch, which is one of my favorites. Um, so he's going to just tell us a little bit more about himself, and um, he already warned me that he might go into a channeling session during the show. If, you know, the energies are right. So I will just let Mike take it away. Well, thank you, Tina. Um, it's an honor to be here. Um, it's also an honor to be a messenger for the Sasquatch and other higher dimensional beings. Um, where to start? I guess I would like, I always like to start at ground zero. It's what I call ground zero. And it's it's in the beginning, you know. I mean, my story is is an important part of my message. Um, I really started from, you know, the very beginning with the Sasquatch. I I was a kid during my, when I had my first encounter, it was actually my dad's encounter. Um, when I was a kid, he went hunting and uh, he went out hunting and we ha- my brother and I haven't even gotten up yet. He goes out early. He's an avid outdoorsman. And uh, he, he got up early and went out to uh, this ridge um, before the sun came up and got in his position to go hunting. Um, and this is, he all relays this when he comes home. Um, but he, he was on this ridge and the sun started coming up. And the birds were chirping. He could hear the deer down in the creek walking and everything. And uh, he's just sitting up there waiting for the sun to come up so he can, uh, you know, see what he can see and see if he can get a shot from, you know, for a deer or anything. And the sun comes up. And as soon as the sun crests the next mountain over, like it just comes up over the next mountain, he hears this powerful scream and it was so loud and it was coming from a mountain over and it was so loud that the deer had ran away in the creek and the birds just shut up it was so quiet they quiet after that 
and the hair on the back of his neck stood up and it scared the daylights out of him and he just booked it out of there and went home and if you've ever met my dad he is a he's six foot six he's a big burly outdoors guy i've never seen anything that would scare him he's been out there he's he knows what every sound is like in the woods and for him to come home and here's the thing he came home early my brother and I had just woke up. We're getting breakfast, right? He comes home early, and we're thinking, oh, he's got a deer. He's got a deer. We run out to greet him, right? He didn't have anything. The only thing he had was this weird look on his face, like he was distraught. And, you know, obviously, we read our dad, and we're like, what's going on, you know? And um, he said, I heard something out there. I heard something out there. We're like, well, what are you talking about? And he went inside and he kind of, you know, took a moment to collect himself because he was really shaken. Um, he took a moment to collect himself. And then we finally, you know, kind of prodded him and we're like, what the heck just happened? What scared you out of the woods? Um, and he said, I don't know what it was. I've never heard anything like it in all my years in the outdoors. And he goes, it sounded like, a dinosaur or something really large and i'm like well you know what did it sound like was it a cougar or something he's like no it was not a cougar it was nothing i've ever heard so we kind of prodded him to kind of give a description on what he heard and he thought about it for like 10 minutes he really had to think about the best way to give a good description and he, he said finally he said Okay, if you're in a large metal room and you have a giant metal table and you take that table and you drag it on the metal floor and that, that, you know, that sound that it would make. He says it kind of sounds like that. That's the best way he could describe the sound, but it wasn't a metallic sound. It was... It was a bean. It was, it was an animal of some sort. And instantly, when he described that, the first thing that popped in my head was Sasquatch. I mean, I that was probably the first time that I ever really thought about Sasquatch. And that was when I was uh, about 14 years old. And um, from then on, I just piqued my curiosity. And, you know, I would go to school, I would research, you know, like most people that are in the Sasquatch, they read up on it, they, you know, get on the internet, they do all the research. Um, and it just, it was just an interest for the longest time, you know, as a kid, I would just research it. I did research papers on it. I did all kinds of stuff, you know, and I went into the military. And when I was in the military, I remember one time, I was working on the weekend. It was called weekend duty. And me and another guy from Oregon were working this weekend. And you know, there wasn't much going on. And we were kind of messing around on the computers. And we were talking about back home in Oregon and stuff. And I had told him about uh, my dad's Sasquatch encounter. And he goes, yeah, there's some audio clips on the internet that, you know, may sound like your dad, you know, dad heard. I'm like, that's a good idea, you know, I should check that out. And we were messing around on the computer for a while. 
Um, and a lot of these audio clips that we found were, you know, owls and, and uh, you know, monkey calls and, you know, stuff like that. And I was like, no, that's an owl. No, that's a monkey or that's a gorilla. That's a coyote, you know, I could tell. But there was this one clip that I heard, and I still cannot find it to this day. There was this one clip that I played that sounded just like what my dad heard. And when I heard that and played that, the hair on the back of my neck stood up. And my friend was like, what's the matter? And I was like, that's it. That's what my dad, that's what my dad heard. And from then on, that just like reignited my curiosity. You know, it was like a little, like a message saying, hey, you know, we're still here. And um, that reignited my curiosity. And I was like, man, there's something to this. And so, you know, I went on and did my military career. And then I got out and, um, you know, I had a lot of things going on. I finally met, you know, my, my wife of 12 years. And I got with her and, uh, and it just kept being an interest for the longest time till about 10 years ago. So 10 years ago, um, I basically had God send me a message and flip the switch of my consciousness to basically open my eyes to you know, there is a creator because before that I was atheist. I didn't believe in God. I thought I was a bunch of baloney. You know, I was actually really <laughs> not a really good guy. Um, but when the, the switch flipped and I realized that I was wrong all these years, it humbled me and it opened up my mind so much to everything around us. I was like, I've been wrong all these years about God. What else am I wrong about? What else is out there that is really out there that I can experience, right? So after I had that revelation about God, I was like, you know what? My, I'm, I, I need to go find out about Sasquatch. I need to go out there for myself and have my own experience. I need to see for myself. And then about that time, um, this show came on, I'm sure everybody's aware of it, Finding Bigfoot, you know, with Matt Moneymaker and Bobo Faye and that, that show. And I started watching that show. And um, at that time, I didn't have any Sasquatch experience. I didn't really know much about Sasquatch besides what I read. And I was like, I'm going to do what those guys do. You know, I'm going to go out there and try to hear something or find evidence or do all of that, right? So that's when I started actually, that's like ground zero. I started from there and started going into a researcher stage. I became a Sasquatch researcher. You know, I joined a local Bigfoot society here. I became their field team leader. We had all kinds of procedures and, you know, we, we how to collect evidence and cast tracks and do all this, this stuff. And, you know, I did that for about, two years two years i went out and you know looked up sightings went to interview witnesses and you know did that whole that whole researcher stage and i really didn't get that far i just got a bunch of information a bunch of eyewitness accounts 
some knowledge, you know. Um, and and then I was like, I was like, I, I'm not getting anywhere. It's been two years, you know. All I've all I'm getting is yeah, people have been seeing them. They're they're around, you know. But what about actually going out there and doing my own research? You know, like field research, like going out there and, and, and collecting evidence for myself. So I ended up uh, getting with a guy that reluctantly came forward. I had to kind of, you know, kind of draw him and saying, it's okay, I'm not going to make this public and all this stuff. But um, reluctantly, he decided to meet me and he's had interactions with them you know, for a while now. So he took me out and that was the first guy that I actually had experience, you know, personal experience with. And I went out with him and it started as a lot of physical experience, a lot of noises, branch breaking. I saw tracks, you know, supposed hair, feces a lot of physical stuff you know i was getting that physical experience that i wanted and i'm just eating it up right as a researcher I'm like this is awesome look at all this i'm hearing them i'm you know i'm here i'm hearing them they're throwing rocks at us they they threw pebbles at us as we're sitting there so physically i was getting pretty much everything you know i had them grunting at us and breaking branches um he had got them on film a couple times of us just being out there. So I started to realize, wow, they're really out there. They're really there. I'm getting the experience. I'm, I'm, I'm hearing them. I'm seeing evidence of them. This is great. And I did that for a while. And I met this other guy who had a different level of interaction with them. It was more of more of like a super parent or a paranormal level of interaction. They were there physically with them, but they also did a lot of paranormal action with them. So I decided to go out with him. And I went out with him. And the second time I went out, I actually saw one. And I was like, this is amazing. The second time I'm out with this guy and I see, I see one physically with my eyes. And the first time I saw one, we were at this special spot that he likes to meet him at. And he, it's funny because <laughs> it, it, every person interacts with Sasquatch in their own way. And it, it goes, it can be anywhere from, you know, trying to be as naturally with the environment as possible, which was the first guy I went with. The second guy, he was like, I know they're here. They know I'm here. I'm not going to be trying, trying to be quiet. I actually am loud and I call them in, you know? So he goes up there with his truck, his big old diesel truck, goes to this spot, opens his doors and starts blaring his music into the forest and calls them. And one of the things he really likes to do is he play like the, it's it's like the Harlem Globetrotters song with the whistling, mm -hmm. and he's like he's like they love this, and he plays the song and it's like it got the whistling and stuff and it sure enough, you know like 
couple minutes into the song, we start hearing them around us crashing and breaking branches and, and knocking on the trees. They knock on the trees to let you know they're there. And I'm like, this is crazy. He called them in, you know, with his truck. And they came in and, you know, let them know they're there by making noise and knocking on the trees and stuff. So after we knew they were there, he shut off all the, the stuff and we proceeded to walk around and be quiet. And, and that's when I saw one for the, the second time we went out. That's, that's the time I saw one. And it was a female. I was looking down in kind of a, a ravine with my binoculars. And there was a female. I saw something poked up over a log. It was a fallen log. I saw something poking up over a fallen log. And I looked down there and I was like, there's something down there. And I zoomed in on it and it was a black female Sasquatch. All you could see was like right to her shoulders and the rest was behind the log. And she was holding, she was cradling a, lar a small dark object in her arms. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's an infant. I was like, you can't make this up. I mean, this is a female Sasquatch with a baby holding a baby i mean that's amazing after that i mean when i saw one for the first time i was hooked i was just like that's it this is for life i know it <laughs> i'm hooked for life i'll be into i'll be doing this till i'm 90 years old and walking in the forest as an old man i know it um and from then on you know it became okay i've seen one you know, I'm progressing here. This is great. And this all happened within two or three years. And so I started progressing. I've seen one. I know they're here. They're physically here. Um, and then it was, we started getting into, okay, you know, how do we gain their trust? You know, how do we, how do we gain their trust enough to actually build a relationship with them? You know, kind of like how Jane Goodall did with the chimpanzees you know but this they aren't chimpanzees this is different um but i had that desire to build that relationship with them as like a family member and to learn from them and for them to teach me things you know I, it went from basically knowing you know wanting to know they exist to okay now i know now i want to build a relationship with them i want to know more about them um and, but I, with Chris, I only got to that certain level. And I knew that in order, in order to get to another level with them, I had to change my ways and my ways were different from his ways. So I had to kind of approach the Sasquatch differently. Um, and I, at this point, I was not aware of their paranormal abilities that much. I knew that there was, you know, some stories out there about them cloaking and doing all this paranormal stuff. But at this point, I was like, okay, they're physically here. They're physically walking around. Um, it wasn't until I met another individual who had a cloaking experience and told me in person how, how much it changed his life to actually see them cloak. I mean, it just, it totally shook his world. And when I saw that, you know, it had such an impact on him that he witnessed this cloaking, I was like, okay, there's more to these Sasquatch than we understand. I was like, they have 
abilities that are beyond our comprehension right now. I was like, they have the ability to dematerialize. They have the ability to cloak. They have some special abilities. I'm going down a rabbit hole right now, and I better check myself if I want to actually go down this rabbit hole. But at that point... Can I ask a question? Sure. Um, when you were in the forest and hearing all these noises, were you ever afraid? Oh, no. I, I was never afraid. I was more like a kid in a candy store. When I would hear these noises, it would, it would get me so excited because I knew they were interacting with us. I knew they were around. Um, there is one time... I have to, I have to say this because there's one time I got a negative vibe from them, and I'm gonna just tell you this story really quick. And I realized it was because it was my fault. So with that same guy, Chris, we decided to go up at night and have a night sit with them because we heard that you know the interactions were better at night and we get more interactions and. You know, we want this, we want that. And it was all about us, right? So we went up there for the first time at night. They did not like that. We, we went up to the same spot that I saw one and we sat in the car and we, we started hearing them coming around. But it was a different vibration. It was like, you have that feeling of why are you here? Mm -hmm. You know, you're not supposed to be here. It's nighttime. This is, it was the first time we've ever went up at night. So it is totally out of the norm. It was totally uninvited. We just went up, right? So it was a weird vibe to begin with. And I'm sitting in a truck with, the, we had the windows down. I'm sitting in the truck, just sitting there. And we know they're around and we're trying to get them to come out and, you know, see if we can get a glimpse of them. All of a sudden, I felt this feeling come over me. It washed over me like, like a dark blanket. I mean, it was, it was a sense of impending doom. So if somebody had, the best way I can describe the feeling was if somebody had pointed a gun at your face and you knew they were going to pull the trigger and that was it, you're done. That feeling of impending doom, like, okay, that's it, I'm done, I'm dead. I felt that for like 10 seconds, and it seemed like a long time to me. But I had that that sense of impending doom, and I was totally like in in a state of like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And I, I remember scrunching down in my seat in the truck, like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And it just kept going. And I instinctively shook my head like this. I shook my head back and forth and I snapped myself out of it, which was weird. It was like a mental thing. Once I shook my head, I kind of shook it off, whatever it was. I shook it off and then it was gone. And I told Chris, I was like, we're not wanted here. We got to leave right now. And he's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I'll tell you later. Let's go. <laughs> so, so we proceeded down the mountain and, afterwards i told him what i felt and what happened and he's like that that's never happened to me i was like well it happened to me 
and we were not wanted there. And I realized later on is that was their way of telling me, you're not supposed to be here right now. You weren't invited. You need to leave. And that was the one and only negative experience I've had with Sasquatch. I've had them, you know, make sounds and grunt at us and stuff, but I've never been scared. I've always been, you know, excited that they were around. But anyways, so from there, you know, I started realizing that these beans that we call Sasquatch have amazing abilities. They can cloak. Um, they can, they can do, they, they're, they're psychic. They can, you know, send you visions and thoughts and, you know, they can Healing. do all these, these healings. Yes. They can do all these paranormal, paranormal things. And then once so I realized when you were getting that feeling of doom, do you think it was a feeling that they were projecting onto you as a form of communication? Um, I did a little research on it, and a lot of people have had experience that they call infrasound, which is like a low vibrational feeling that makes them feel that way. Mm -hmm. But it was definitely the Sasquatch. They project their energy to you. It was definitely a Sasquatch projecting a low vibrational energy to me to make me feel that way. Mm -hmm. And they can do that. They can project thoughts into your head. They can make you see things that aren't there. They can do many of those things. They basically got their message across saying, get out of here, you know? Yeah. Um, so it, when I when I meditated later, I meditated on it later, you know, I was thinking back and I was like, what happened there? And when I meditate, I can get that information. So I meditated on it and I see a Sasquatch standing in the brush while we're there and it projected its energy onto me basically telling me to leave and to get out of there and making me feel that way and they don't have to be they don't have to be close to you to do that they can do that from any distance mm -hmm. if they want um so i mean they're once i realized they were they had these amazing abilities i'm thinking then that, that whole control thing came. I was like, I have no control when I'm out there. They are, they have the control always. I was like, whatever I want from them, they're going to, they're in control out there. So I need to reevaluate my motives. I need to reevaluate my perspectives and why I'm out there. If I'm constantly going out there for me, 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 I want, I want, I want. And if I constantly go out there with that attitude, I'm only going to get so far with him. And I told myself, I'll do anything to get as far as possible with these beings as I can. And I changed my perspective. So I went from wanting, wanting, collecting information to more of a spiritual aspect. I, I told myself, if I can connect with them spiritually, and on a higher level and let down all my, you know, expectations and all, you know, everything that I want and just open myself up to them and allow them to teach me and to guide me in whatever manner that they would want. That is going to be the best way to go about it. So about this time when I realized I had no control over 
what kind of results I would get out there, I decided to develop myself more spiritually. And I heard meditation was a good thing to do. So I started to meditate. And when I started to meditate, I wasn't really having a lot of good results. It took two weeks of constant meditation to even, you know, get any kind of results. But I told myself, I'm going to stick with this. I'm going to stick with this. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. Um, about the third week of meditation, I started receiving all kinds of stuff. And it basically, meditation basically opened a new chapter to my connection with Sasquatch and all the other higher dimensional beings. It was like, it was like I was a flower that was closed all the time. And when I started to meditate, I actually started to open up as this beautiful flower. And once I started meditating, at first my meditations, I would get random visions and things that I didn't understand. I mean, I would see an airplane flying in the sky and I'm just perfect detail. And I would see an airplane. And I was like, well, what was that? You know, or I would see a face of somebody and not know who they are. Or I would see this and see that. And I would not know what these were, you know, and it was all this energy. Once I opened myself up to all this energy, it started coming to me like a magnet. And I would get random visions and random energies that were around my field. And then I started to learn how to set intentions on what I wanted to, you know, allow to come to me. And um, I started to learn how to, to see the Sasquatch with my, you know, while they're cloaked, my uh, physical eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, that was interesting because anybody can do this. Anybody can see the Sasquatch while they're cloaked. They just have to train their eyes to see them. And the way I did it is most people can see Sasquatch in a picture or in the video while, while they're cloaked. I mean, it's, it's, it takes a trained eye to see them, but you can see them better while they're in, in a video or in a picture. Um, the camera tends to pick them up a little bit better is to pick up their energy better. So if you can take a picture right around you somewhere and you see them in the picture, you see where they're at in the picture and then you look real time. And then you can look and see the difference in the energy between their energy field and what's next to them. And that's how I figured out how to see them. it was, it was probably into my fourth year where I learned to see them while they're cloaked. And once I started learning how to see them, oh my gosh, it was, they were at my house. I found them at my house. They were here at my house. And I, like I told you earlier, I live in the city. I am right next to a school and they're here. I was like, am I losing my mind? They, I'm like, I'm they can, I know from my experience, they can go anywhere where there are trees. <clears throat> and I live in a subdivision and they'll come right up 
to the back of my house. And there's just a small cluster of trees back there. And then it's houses and houses and houses. They can go anywhere that they want to go. That's true. Yeah, and I, one of the one of the coolest things when I realized they're in my backyard, they're on the other side of the fence or in my plum tree, and I'm I'm looking and I'm counting one, two, three, four, and I'm like, am I losing my stinking mind? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm not. I see them right here. Mm-hmm. You know, and one of the coolest things that I've ever witnessed while they're cloaked is. It was snowing one day and I had this desire to go out in the backyard and to be in the snow with them, right? I mean, I love snow. It's magical. It comes, comes down. It's just a magical moment. I wanted to share that moment with the Sasquatch. So I went and I saw one cloaked over by my fence and I walked right up to it, but I asked permission. I was like, I'm going to walk up to you. Is that okay? If it's not, let me know. So I started walking up towards it and I didn't get any kind of negative feelings or anything. And I was standing probably about four feet from it. And I'm looking up at this cloak Sasquatch on the other side of my fence. The snow is falling and you see the snowflakes. And as soon as it goes into the the, the energy, the Sasquatch energy, or behind it, the snowflakes distort. You get that distorted look. And that was, I mean, that was just such an amazing moment to, to stand in front of a cloaked Sasquatch, this amazing being, and watch the beautiful snowflakes go behind its energy and just, just distort just enough to, I mean, it just, it was so amazing. And that'll always be a very special memory I have of them. So anyways, uh, to move along here, you know, I started meditating. I'd meditate every day, Monday through Friday, 45 minutes to an hour. Because that's, you know, what my schedule allowed because I'm a busy guy. I've got four kids and, you know, I'm playing this 3D game. Um, When I started meditating, I would constantly get just information. I would get you know, messages, and I'd have all kinds of other beings coming to me. I, I get visions. One of the coolest things that I get from the Sasquatch is they send me a vision of their face, like their physical 3D face. They will send me a vision in my head, and bam, it's right there. And it is so descriptive. It is so detailed. You see wrinkles on their skin. I mean, you see their eyelashes, you see where the hair goes around their face. And their, I mean, it's so detailed, but it's a flash. It's a flash of an image. Mm-hmm. And that image kind of gets imprinted in my memory. Um, they also, the way they communicate with me is they send me visions. They will send me blocks of information and basically send me information in my head and I will get blocks of information where it just pop it just pops there and I will get just like just like a chunk of information like it's like taking a paragraph out of a book removing it and then just throwing it at me and it goes in my head so I'll get chunks of information I will get it, it really is they they communicate me with and 
communicate with me in so many different forms that it's it can be hard to to really kind of get it all all together it takes it takes a lot of work to to try to um, organize everything normally the images i get though are kind of an introduction to something else that they want to give me so i'll get a vision or an image as like hey we're going to start talking about this and then they'll start with the information that comes to me and i'll have you know information downloaded into me um but another thing that i want to talk about which you know i talked about my first experience which was my dad wasn't actually my first experience consciously up to this point it was but apparently there has been two experiences that have been locked away in my consciousness until I reached a certain level for it to be unlocked. I moved to Oregon when I was about five years old. And when I was seven, I moved up to the woods where Bolana's clan lives. When I was seven, we moved up there. And shortly after being up there, I had my first physical sighting of Bolana. I was, and it, this is such an amazing experience. I retrieved this while in meditation. It became unlocked. Mm -hmm. um, I was meditating. I saw a vision of where the certain spot on my lawn of where I grew up. And I saw this spot and I'm like, why am I seeing this spot? There's something special about this spot. I'm in meditation, like analyzing it. I'm like, why am I being shown this spot? And then I knew there was something special about that spot. And I kept focusing on it. And then something unlocked, a memory unlocked. And all of a sudden, this memory came rushing forward. And the memory was of my first sighting of Bolana when I was seven years old. And like, and it was so weird because as soon as it became unlocked, it was a rush. It just, the information just came back and I was remembering it all. And it was just like, you know, yeah, you're right. Yeah. And it took a minute for me to just like, you know, sit there and take it all in. And the memory goes, I was seven years old. I was inside my house. My family was there. I was told to come outside. I was told to come outside for some reason. I had this urge to come outside and it was a feeling. It wasn't a mental, you know, calling. It wasn't a voice saying, hey, come outside. It was a feeling. It was a, 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 a something was drawing me outside. And my seven-year-old self just, you know, I was open. I followed any, any feeling. I went outside. I was like, okay, I'll go outside. I went outside and I went over to that exact same spot and stood. And I stood there and I started hearing something coming through the brush. And I was waiting. I was like, okay, there's something coming. And you could hear it coming through the brush. And it wasn't crashing. It wasn't like loud. But you could tell it was something delicately coming through the brush, right? 
and I knew, and I remember, I remember this memory and I remember thinking, okay, it's almost here. It's coming up here. It should be here any moment. And all of a sudden out of the brush, it got pulled apart and Balana stepped out into the open. Balana is a nine foot tall black Sasquatch. He is half ancient one, half Sasquatch. So he's big, but he's not big and bulky like, you know, the Sasquatch are. He's got more of a thin, a thinner, he's not thin. He's got more of a thinner profile, more of a human-like profile. But he's a nine-foot-tall Sasquatch. And he came out of the brush and stood there. And we were probably about 10 feet away from each other. I'm standing there. There is a fence dividing us, a small little wire fence dividing us from the other property he was on. And he's standing in the brush looking at me. 10 feet away, I'm looking at this Sasquatch, giant Sasquatch, big, beautiful, dark. He has kind of grayish blue skin. He's got big, dark eyes. I didn't see him. There's no pupils. Big, dark eyes. He's, I mean, he's got wide shoulders. He's muscular. I mean, he's not huge like a Sasquatch, but he's big. And we're looking at each other. And for some reason, it felt like time had stopped. It felt like everything just froze. There was this connection between him and I. It was so powerful. It was so amazing. It was, it was family. There was this connection. It was like we were family. I'm standing here looking at him. He's looking at me. Time freezes. Nothing else in the world matters besides that moment. And we're looking at each other. And there's this deep knowing that we've known each other for so long. And he, he gives me a little, like a side smile. And then he turns around and walks away, walks back into the bush. And then once he walks away and he's out of sight, he suppresses that memory. He suppresses it in my consciousness until I'm ready to receive it. And after that, I just kind of snapped out of whatever I was doing out there and looked around and just my seven-year-old self went back in the house. And I, I had no memory of what just happened when I was seven years old until later on. Until I was able to unlock it. And that was the first ever time I ever saw Bologna. But it gets better. Because after Bologna made his presence to me, when I was seven, two weeks later, I have a UFO encounter. Two weeks later, my seven-year-old self is in bed. And I, something woke me up in the middle of the night. It was three in the morning. Something woke me up out of my, out of sleep and I'm laying there in my bed and I felt this draw to come back outside. And it felt different. It wasn't Sasquatch, but it felt different, but it wasn't, it wasn't like a bad call. It was like, 
it was an urge to go outside. And, you know, I, I did not think there was nothing else in my head saying, hey, it's three o'clock in the morning, it's dark, don't go outside, were you crazy? There was none of that. It was like, I woke up, I was being called outside, and I went. There was no question asked. I just went. I walked outside. And I opened the door, my front door. And when I opened the front door, I saw yellow, I, I saw red and blue lights on the ground. Like something was creating red and blue lights on the ground. And I looked and I went out from underneath the deck because out front of our house, we had a deck and then we had a, a roof over the deck. So I couldn't see up. I walked out of the front door, I saw the lights on the ground. I was like, well, what's making those lights? And I went over and I looked up and that's when a UFO was right above my deck. It literally was, the roof of the deck stands about 10 feet off the ground. Sorry. Um, the roof of the deck stands about, stands about 10 feet off the ground. It had to be about another 10 feet from the top of the deck. So the UFO was literally 20 feet off the ground right over my house. It was silent. There was no worrying. There was nothing. It was just there. And the lights, there was red and blue lights that were, you know, kind of going like this. And it was circular. It was a, it was a circular craft, probably about. I want to say 25 to 30 feet across the diameter. Mm -hmm. And I remember seeing that. And then that's all I remember. I don't remember anything else after that. And that is, that is after I unlocked that memory of Balana, I unlocked that memory of the UFO. So that's basically telling me Sasquatch, UFO, together, interconnected. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's one and the same. They're together. And those were both given to me for a certain reason. Um, I later found out that that uh, UFO was an Arcturian craft. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... See, and this is what I'm talking about, you know, just how energies kind of flow in the other energies. Mm -hmm. Probably the, the craziest and most overwhelming thing I've ever experienced, I'm about to tell you. I was in meditation one time. And I got a vision of walking down a hallway and there was a, there was a ET or star person in front of me and it stopped and it looked back to see if I was coming. And then that was the end of the vision. I was like, what? And it was like, it was so vivid. It was so vivid that the walls were white. The corridor that we were walking down was all white and lit up. And I was following this this et and it had a black 
jumpsuit on. It was tall and it was kind of lanky and skinny. It had a black jumpsuit on and it had light blue skin. That was the end of the vision. I knew and I knew that from my perspective in that vision, I was there. I knew that I was following this, this star person for some reason. And I had to ponder on that for a while after a meditation. I was like, why did I see that? You know, did I go, go onto a spacecraft or, or, you know, what's going on here? You know? So I decided to go into another meditation to get answers about that vision. And I was not, I was not prepared for what was about to happen. Um, I went into a lying down meditation. Normally, I don't do that. Normally, I sit up in a chair and I go into meditation. But this time, I went into a lying down meditation. And I focused on that vision. And I said, I want to know more information about this. Then I had somebody talk back to me. Are you sure you want to know? I said, yes, I want to know. And then all of a sudden, I had this feeling of, this is your family. We are your family. I'm like, uh, who are you? We are the Arcturians. We are your family. What you saw was you coming home. And after, after they said me coming home, I had this overwhelming, overwhelming feeling of love all over me, like family. And I instantly knew that that vision actually happened. As I was sleeping, I left my body and I went on top onto that craft and I was walking down that walking down that uh, hallway in actual form. I was, I was taken aboard an Arcturian craft. And I said, okay, so does that mean I'm Arcturian? And I said, let me show you. So, <laughs> so we went into this room and this is all, this is this all happening in meditation. So I'm laying here, I'm in meditation and they're connected with me. They're connected to my consciousness. They take me into this large oval room. It's kind of dome shaped. It's, it's large oval. And there's a pod free floating in the middle of this room. And it's, it's kind of like a long, long pod that's, it almost looks like an escape pod. If you ever seen an escape pod in like a sci-fi movie where they crawl lay down and they get shot out of a spaceship, whatever, it looks a lot like that. And it was all white and it had a glass top where you could look into it. And it was free floating in the middle of this room. So I walk over to it and I'm not really walking. I'm like floating because I'm in astral form. And I float over to it. I look into this pod and there is an amazing 
blue Arcturian laying in this pod. I analyze it. I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it from head to toe. I see the head. I see the eyes. I see the little nose and the little mouth. I look. It had a uh, white gown on as it was laying in this pod. I look at its arms. I see the fingers. I see three fingers and a thumb. Um, and then the gown, I didn't see any feet. The gown kind of goes down and covers the feet and everything. And I'm looking at this, and it's just so beautiful. And I can literally look at the skin. And without touching it, I know how it feels. It's so soft. It's very velvety. It's like a velvety blue skin. And this, this skin color was different than the skin color of the one that was walking down the, the corridor. This skin color is much more of a rich blue. It's like a um, kind of a mix between a turquoise and electric blue. It's darker. It's not a lighter blue. Um, and I was told that the reason this color blue is different is because it's an elder. It's a very ancient Arcturian. It's an older one. So I'm looking at this beautiful bean. I'm just like totally analyzing it. I'm just looking at it. And I'm like, and I remember thinking, okay, who is this? And the next thing I'm told is it's you. And I hear it's you. And then I see Arcturian hand hold my human hand. And the hands hold each other like this, as one. And after I see that, and I'm told that it's me, I'm like, okay, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> I'm like, that's it. I gotta, I'm done. I gotta, I, and then they're like, okay. And the next thing I remember is from that scene of holding hands, I'm back in my bed and I'm laying there and I'm just so overwhelmed. I'm like, just, I just have no words. I'm so overwhelmed. And I said, I immediately said, okay, I got to go to sleep. I got to rest. I got to sleep. I got to process this. So I'm laying there and they're still connected to me. They're monitoring me and everything. And I'm laying there and I'm, I'm like, I can't sleep. I'm just so, my brain is just so, I can't sleep. And they told me, Stop focusing on that. Focus on something that will calm you. And I immediately thought about my kids. I started thinking about my kids, my daughter, my son. And that instantly calmed me. And I slipped into a nap and went to sleep. And then I woke back up after my nap and I was better and I seemed more collected and I could process it and everything. But that was probably the one time that really just sent me sent me for like a trip. I mean, I I was not expecting myself to be an Arcturian. I was not not only an Arcturian, but a very high elder. And I've I've got this information, you know. And it's yeah, I'm I've been an Arcturian for a long time. Um that's a whole other story there, my Arcturian connections. Um, but uh, 
that's basically like right now, right now, my Arcturian self is, is up there while I'm down here. So I'm, I'm in two places at once and I'm at another, I'm at another dimension right now. And I volunteered to come here to help humanity. I volunteered to come here to help raise the consciousness. I volunteered to come here to help reunite the Sasquatch with humanity. That was another one of my missions. Um, but I've, I know so much more now. I mean, meditation has unlocked so many doors for me. It has brought forth so much knowing in me. Um, it's just been an amazing ride. And just working with a Sasquatch has, has been amazing in itself. They've, I've received so many messages from them. So when you receive messages from them, um, are you just seeing visions or are you hearing their voice? I don't, I don't ever hear an audible voice. Well, I can't say that. Normally I don't hear an audible voice. Um, when I do, it's usually because it's an identification for them. Like with one of the, the high elders that sits on the high council, his name's Kishchek. He will identify himself with me by laughing. He has this big James Earl Jones laugh that he does. It sounds just like James Earl Jones when he laughs. So he'll do that to let me know, you know, it's him. But normally I don't get any audible and, and like when I say audible, it's, it's, you don't hear it with your ears. It's, mm -hmm. So if you hear something in 3D and then your brain registers it and goes, yeah, that's what that is. It's like that, but without actually hearing it. So when I hear Kishchek laugh, it's my brain saying, okay, he's laughing. Mm -hmm. I don't actually hear it with my ears. But my main what I, when I communicate, when I get messages from Balana, because mainly I get messages from Balana, who is, you know, my, my guide, my friend, my mentor. Um, that's where I get most of my information from. I will sit down and I will go into a meditative state. I have my routine where I breathe and I, you know, relax myself and then I get into this state. And then, then I, you know, call him forth or, you know, I'm open to receive anything. And normally, as I get into this meditative state and I start channeling the Sasquatch, I wait for a confirmation that they're present. I wait for it's either a feeling or it's a vision. They either send me those two. It could be a vision of his face where just boom, there's a vision. Okay, he's here. Or it's a present, it's a feeling like. I'll have a feeling wash over me and a presence wash over me that they're here and I'll, and I'll feel it. I'll, I'll, it's almost like, cause my eyes are closed and it's almost like they're standing right in front of me. But I know if I open my eyes, they're not there, but I feel that they're there. Mm -hmm. It's a feeling. So it's either a vision or a feeling when I know that they're present. And then that's when I start asking in my head, you know, what do you have to tell me today? What's your message? What do you want to talk about? And I do greetings. Hello, brother. It's good to see you. Um, and then after I ask, I usually get information. 
It just is instant information. And then it just kind of goes back and forth. You know, I'll get the information. It gets placed in my head, either through blocks of information. It could be just one line of information. Um, and it, it's just information transferred psychically to me from them. And then I'll ask a question in my head and then it just goes back and forth from there. Um, uh, and sometimes, sometimes while we're talking, if it's needed, they give visions. Like if they give me some information, they'll send me a vision with it to kind of complement the information, you know? Mm -hmm. So you mentioned that Balana is half ancient one and half Sasquatch. Can you explain what, an ancient what is for listeners that don't not familiar with the term? So there are there are more varieties of Sasquatch out there than, than we know. It's hard to classify and label a Sasquatch. Um, but you have you have a I mean I've seen many varieties out there, but you have what I call the Sasquatch, they're big, they're bulky, they got the coned head, they're large, they have no neck, you know, they're the classic big, big bulky Sasquatch with the cone head. That's what I, that's what I call Sasquatch. The ancient ones that, um, that we call ancient ones are more human-like. They're more human-looking. They're not so bulky and big. They have more of a neck. Well, they really don't have like a, a neck like we do, but there's more, more of a, a you know protrusion from the shoulders. Their face is more rounded and more human looking. Their their head isn't conical. It doesn't have a point on their head. It's more rounded like ours. They're uh, they're more human looking. I mean, they they look a lot more like you and I. And that's because, you know, with the genetics, they've bred with humans throughout the years. And you that bloodline, that more human-like bloodline gets shown in the ancient ones. Um, but I've seen I've seen some some amazing looking Sasquatch. There's some with big noses and some with pig noses. They have really short noses with their 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 nostrils sticking up. I mean, they they come in all varieties. There's a lot more varieties of Sasquatch out there than we we understand. There's not a real. There are two basic races, but there's a lot of variety out there, and uh, the ancient ones definitely have the dark eyes. They have the real nocturnal looking eyes, and uh, they they have kind of like an Eskimo hairstyle, you know, where the hair kind of goes up, and you see more of their forehead, and the face is pretty much there's not a lot of hair on the face. Mm -hmm. but they have hair go around almost like a hood um the sasquatch though they have more hair on their face and stuff like that but um just as humans are there's a variety of humans and ethnicities you know humans don't all look alike same with the sasquatch they all they all vary as well mm -hmm. and i assume ancient ones live a long time yeah, um, as far as far as their race goes, 
the ancient ones have been around longer. Their bloodline extends a little, a lot longer. Um, they have more of the star person uh, bloodline in them too, as well. That's the reason they look human. I mean, we're star person. Mm-hmm. You know, our bloodlines from the star people as well. So, but um, <clears throat> I, I really don't. I try not to classify them. You know, I try not to label them. You know, I don't like to promote any kind of labeling with the Sasquatch. They don't really care for it either. They don't want to be labeled into a certain group. They're each, you know, they're each individuals. And, you know, we as humans tend to like to label things a lot. We like to classify things and put things into groups. They don't see it that way. Mm-hmm. They see everything as an individual expression of all that is, you know, and they don't like to put groups and you know limit limitations or anything like that so i don't really like to to do that but for for the you know people that are listening i would say that there's two general you know main groups is the ancient ones and sasquatch but they've been they've been you know mating with humans for a long time to, to extend their bloodline to diversify their their dna so you've get you get a lot of different variations out there, but the the Sasquatch types are very big and bulky. I mean, they're the, probably the most impressive looking because they're so huge. You know, they're just big conical head, no no neck. It looks like their head just sits right on their shoulders. They're just huge. They're lo- they're like the, the you know the football players of the Sasquatch world. They're just huge, <laughs> and the the ancient ones are very. They're very beautiful. I mean, they are very beautiful. I mean, we kind of, the Sasquatch are beautiful too, but they're, you know, very bulky, but the ancient ones are more human looking and they have more of a softer look to them, you know, a very ancient, soft, wise look to them. Um, But I've seen many different types of beings, the dogmen. I don't know if we want to get into dogmen, but I've, I've got a couple dogmen friends that are very impressive. I had, uh, I had a dogman morph in front of me into a wolf. And it was probably one of the most amazing things I've ever seen because the dogmen are huge. I mean, they are sinister looking. They are big. They have this dog looking head. And they're just just huge and muscly. And in one fluid motion, this dogman just goes into a dog. I mean, it was so beautiful, so effortlessly. You know, it just went right into a wolf in just like half a second. It was just one, it was like like a transformation of matter, you know. Dogman just goes into a a wolf. And it it was impressive. But I have... I have a, a dog man that watches over me and and kind of is kind of my protector in a way. He's, I, I notice that he sticks with me a lot, and especially when I go to work. It's weird because I remember this one time I was at work and I work swing shift, so I work at night and there's nobody at work. And I'm sitting in my car eating my lunch and I look over in my passenger seat 
and I see this this energetic kind of outline of a head right next to me in the passenger seat. And I can, the only way I could see it is because the light was coming in the window a certain way. And you can kind of make out the outline. And it was a dog man's head right there. And the ears were back a little bit because it was inside the car. And its head was huge. Its head was like this big. And its ears were back. And at, when I first saw it, I had this instant rush of adrenaline. Like, oh, my gosh. This is, you know, it's right there. I'm like, I was just so mesmerized that it was just, you know, right next to me. And then I started laughing because I was so happy and excited that it was there with me. And I knew instantly it was, it was there with me to, you know, protect me. It was kind of like my guard or my protector, you know, because I mean, there's a lot of things out there that, that uh, we don't see as humans that, you know, we, we have to be protected from, you know, I'm not trying to, trying to send out any kind of fear-based messages, but there's a lot out there that, you know, are trying to attack us in a way. And if we didn't have our higher friends with us, we would probably uh, not be doing so well. So, so once you... So what are dogmen? Because I actually have not seen one myself i actually think i dreamt of one once but what what are they are they connected to sasquatch not connected to them they so the dogmen are a very ancient race of sasquatch they are not actually dogs there are dogmen that are actually part canine but those dogmen are not friends of the sasquatch they are genetically engineered by the lower, the darker energies. Mm -hmm. um, so there are dogmen that are actually part canine, but the ones that are friends of the Sasquatch are not dogs. They are actually a very ancient race of uh, Sasquatch that carry more <clears throat> of the bloodline traits of the, the ancient giant lemur. So if, you, if you're curious and you want to see what they look like, if you go online and uh, type into Google giant ancient lemur, there's this one picture that looks exactly like them. And it's a, it's a picture of one that has like a, a Sasquatch looking body, has its hand out and is allowing a uh, bird to land on its hand. That's actually what they are. It's, they are an ancient lemur that um and then these it's just the bloodline carries on so there's a lot of them i mean there there's a, there's a lot of them out there they're very i mean to us we don't see these beings every day so when we see them it's they can be scary looking but they're not mean at all <clears throat> they they have certain traits that uh, carry down through their bloodline where they become very protective. They're very, um, they can be obsessive in, a, in some, some ways. They like to, uh, they like to patrol and to guard portals and to, to be, you know, a guardian. Their, their, their bloodline is very 
strong in the guardian sense. Um, they're often used as guards for portals and, you know, uh, for the Sasquatch and stuff like that, but they are a derivative of the Sasquatch DNA. Mm. So they are Sasquatch, but they just have the, the giant ancient lemur look to them and they get confused for dogmen. Um, and we just, you know, over the, over the, over the years, we've just named them dogmen, um, but they're not actually called dogmen. I don't know what they're called either. I've never asked them. I was going to ask, what are they called? What do they call themselves? <laughs> I, I don't know what they call. I've always just termed them dogmen and they're just like, yeah, okay. We know you're talking about us, but uh, they've never, never actually told me what, you know, what their name is. I mean, it's their, their Sasquatch. They're part Sasquatch. I mean, they're a, a derivative from Sasquatch, mm -hmm. but I want, I want everybody to know that they're not mean. They're not mean. They're very loving. They have families of their own. There's females. They have kids. <clears throat> they're they take on very you know important roles of guarding places and guarding portals, and they like to patrol a lot and you know keep their eyes open and stuff. But there are negative dogmen beings created by lower energies that they have combined uh, human DNA with dogs and other other beings to create these dogmen monsters you know and they're actually roaming out there too and the sasquatch are very well aware of them but um and we don't and i'm not trying to instill any kind of fear in anybody you really don't have to fear i mean you're protected more than you understand you really are if you get into this into this uh, area where you're you know trusted with the Sasquatch, you have this protection that you have no idea about. You don't even realize, you know, when you're being protected. That's the whole thing. Like, I didn't realize I was being protected until I saw that dogman sitting in my passenger seat of the car, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right next to you. <laughs> yeah. And they're always with you, too. And that's another thing. They're always with you. I go to work. They're with me at work. They're actually cloaked i it, it's so weird because i'll be at work and I, what i do is i run a print machine and i'll be printing material and i'll see them cloaked standing over in the corner of the room you know and my friends have no idea they're there they have no idea and i know they're there you know so they're always with you they can be there with you and people will not even know that they're there that's part of their amazing abilities so, um, as far as channeling, I am not getting any kind of, I'm sorry, I'm not getting yeah. any kind of energies. I thought maybe I would have somebody tapping on my shoulder or like whispering in my ear going, I want to speak now. I want to speak now. Um, maybe another time we could, we could try channeling, but I'm not mm -hmm. getting anybody today. I really don't have anybody, you know, giving me their, their, uh, intention of wanting 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 to speak but uh um do you have any other questions i i'm free to ask you know answer some more questions i've got tons of tons of stories and everything i don't know you gave us a lot of information um when you saw yourself in that hallway of the ship was that your seven-year-old self or was that another time that you were another memory because remember, you, at seven, actually, you saw that ship and then you 
you're like, I don't know what happened next. I think we can guess what happened next. You get on the ship. (laughs) Okay. You got on the ship. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I have actually, so when I saw myself on that, in that corridor, that was actually happened the night before. And that was when I was an adult, like right now Mm -hmm. that happened, uh, four or five years ago, four or five years ago is when it actually happened. But I've been making journeys to the the Arcturian mothership many times at night while I'm sleeping. So that being that's asleep in the pod, Mm -hmm. that's you. Right. Is he asleep the whole time that you are living this life on earth right now? And probably he's doing other lives as well. Is that part of how things work that he's sleeping there so good question um so it's not a he it's actually a she okay i'm a female arcturian and my name is athena so i'm athena of arcturus um and how that works is after i found that out of course i want to know how does this work how why am i here and there at the same time mm-hmm. So that pod she is in is actually an energy pod and she can go in there and it helps send part of her soul to me. So it's kind of, um, it's, it's almost like I'm an avatar or something. It's really weird because after I found this out, it lines up with the movie Avatar really well. Have you ever seen the movie Avatar? Yeah, several times. So where this person in Avatar goes into this pod and they actually project their consciousness into this Avatar and they live this Avatar life, right? It's sort of similar to that. So they, Athena is actually a member of the Galactic Council She has been alive for thousands of years. She is one of the high elders, the Arcturian elders. She has had many lives. When I say she, I mean me. (laughs) Um, She has had many lives, some on different planets. Um, And I've recalled many lives. And it's just, she's done some amazing things. Um, But she has the ability to... I don't know if you've ever heard of uh, the Arcturian craft. It's called Athena. It's a, it's an Arcturian craft. After you get off, you can uh, Google it. Mm-hmm. There is a, a, an Arcturian craft called the Athena that's actually named after her. It, and it's probably one of the Arcturian's most impressive um, spacecrafts. But she is on that craft. And when she goes in this energy pod, she lies down and she will kind of go into, it's not really a sleep, but kind of into a, into a, a stasis almost, where she's not actually asleep, but she projects part of her energy, part of her soul energy into me every day. So I'm literally... She's literally living my life every day. And I've actually, and it's just a small amount. I've actually done 
a meditation where I close my eyes and I can actually see my Arcturian soul right in the middle of my forehead. And it's a, a small blue circle. And it's, it's like a blue light. And I can sit there and close my eyes and I will see a small blue circle right in the middle of my vision. And I can make that, that light expand all over my whole body. But that's the origin of that Arcturian energy from her is right here. And I've used that light to, and, and the light is also, it can be used as a shield. It can be used to heal. The light can be used for anything. It's the light is all encompassing. I can make it spread across my whole aura or I can make it go into just right here. Mm -hmm. um, but that's basically Athena up in the pod. That small amount of her energy is into me. And she is living many lives right now, not just me, but she's up there doing different types of work and she can focus. It's amazing how she can focus on my life and another life she's living in a different area because she's up in the ninth dimension right now. And um, so she's able, time doesn't really affect her up there. She could, she could uh, live a day on here and it wouldn't, wouldn't, time wouldn't matter up there to her. Um, so is she always in the pod? No, she's okay. not always in the pod. She, she actually has a lot of meetings to go to. I mean, she, she is part of the high council. But like I said, time is different. Like a day down here on 3D Earth is not very long up at ninth dimension, you know. It won't be long to her up there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we think of, wow, she's up there all the time laying in this pod living all that lives. It's not really that much time goes by up there for her. It's almost like taking a couple hours out of the day and going reading a book for her, Yeah, you know, and then she gets done reading a book, which is my life, and then, and then goes and, and attends galactic council meetings and what other, what other stuff she has to do. But um, yeah, it was part of her agreement to send part of herself to earth at this time to help humanity raise their consciousness, to interact with the Sasquatch, to help bridge humanity and Sasquatch together to help humanity uh, remember who the Sasquatch are and that at one time we were one. Humans and the Sasquatch were living at one at one time. And uh, she she loves the Sasquatch very much, as do I. And uh, we, you know, that's part of our mission is to help raise the collective consciousness of humanity and to help uh, help everybody understand the Sasquatch better and work with them while I'm here. So, yeah, I mean, I've got a lot on my plate these days. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Um, so, that's not only that, but I've got, I've got four kids and a job to, a job to, oh, hi. I've got a puppy in my face. <laughs> well, I know, Mike, you share your stories and your messages from Bolana online on Facebook. So can you mention what the name of those Facebook pages are in case people are interested in learning more about the Sasquatch and these other sure. beings? Yeah, there's a few, few links I want to drop. Um, 
So my main, I have a website, it's OregonSasquatchEncounter.com. That's my uh, main website for helping people connect with the Sasquatch spiritually. Um, I have Facebook groups that uh, um, I like people to, to come to. One of them is called Lessons with Balana. That's where all my information with uh, the channelings from Balana are. I also have uh, another group I like called uh, the League of Light. And that is my light worker group that uh, Athena is trying to raise the, the, the collective consciousness, consciousness of humanity. So those are my two main groups, Lessons for Balana and League of Light that I, I use. And then uh, Oregon Sasquatch Encounter is um, my uh, my role of helping people connect with Sasquatch. Well, thank you so much, Mike, for coming on the show and sharing your stories. No problem. It was an honor. Anything I can do to be a messenger, I'm all for it. Great. Well, you have, you have more to share, um, more to say. Definitely, I welcome you again on the show when you're ready. Sure, we should do it again. Okay. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Tina. Thank you for listening. If you have a weird experience to share, please email me at contactstargazingangel at gmail.com. Check out our website on tinakinneyclark.com. Also, we're on Facebook and like us on Facebook and share your favorite episodes with your friends and family. I look forward to hearing about your weirdest experience.